today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith When jealousy dominates and control, think of the verse of Scripture found in the Gospel of Mark. Our Lord Jesus said, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Saul made self his God. Whenever we make self our God, we constantly view life through the lens of how is this going to impact me? How is this going to affect me? Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and In today's message, Pastor Ed reminds us of Saul's terrible and fearful reign that was fueled by jealousy for David. He wasted what God had given him and spent his whole reign living in fear. But David knew the secret to a good life. Pastor Ed teaches us how we can keep jealousy from taking root in our own heart and how to live with a spirit of humility. God has made a promise to lift us up when we bow low before Him. Don't waste a good life wishing for a different one. Begin each day with praise. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith Love is blind, but jealousy sees too much. Saul reads into all sorts of situations, motives that aren't there. He reads into actions, motives that are not behind those actions. Suddenly, people promoted become his competitor. That's true at work. That's true in the schoolroom. That's true in the household. When jealousy governs and drives our lives, we feel threatened by those around us who succeed, those below us who succeed. Jealousy will not endure a competitor. It wants all rivals out of his way. Jealousy impacts in the way people see and their relationship to one another. It, it, it begins to drive them in all of the relationships they have. Here Saul is. He puts his children at risk. He gets so angry at Jonathan when Jonathan says, Wait a minute, David's innocent. He's a good man. Don't do this to him. Saul gets the spear and ready to pin his own son to the wall. Saul is willing to use his daughters as pawns and gives Michael to David simply to set a snare up for David, trying to ensnare him. Instead of fighting the enemy, the Philistines, he's fighting David, his friend. Saul, the scripture says, was David's enemy all David's life. What's happening is he's not thinking clearly. His relationship to others, but his relationship to himself. When jealousy dominates and control, think of the verse of Scripture found in the Gospel of Mark. Our Lord Jesus said, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Saul made self his God. Whenever we make self 
our God. We constantly view life through the lens of how is this going to impact me? How is this going to affect me? And so every event is measured with self at the center, thinking, how will this impact me? And that's how Saul lived. Saul never enjoyed the kingship that he had. He never enjoyed the position that God granted him. He was constantly looking over his shoulders at David, wondering about some conspiracy, suspicious of this one and that one. That's what jealousy will do. It will rob you of the present. It will rob you of your joy. It's like a cancer in someone's soul. It's like jaundice eating away, destroying your body. Eventually, this self-devotion began to seep out of his private life into his public life. See, you could keep certain sins private so long, but eventually they're going to come out in the public. And now Saul's thoughts are internal. Saul's thoughts are emotional. First, he begins to think, I'm going to put David out into a dangerous situation. Uh, David, you want my daughter, Michael? Go get a hundred Philistines for me. Kill him. He wanted David to die in the battlefield. But then he becomes more overt in his desire to destroy David. He becomes public. Private sins, when we nurture them and fail to deal with them, will become public sins. The self-destructive nature of jealousy, you could see it destroying Saul. James warns us in the New Testament, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your hearts, don't brag about being wise. Don't say, oh, this is wisdom. That is the worst kind of lie. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual. Notice, motivated by the devil. William Penn said, The jealous are troublesome to others, a torment to themselves. Look at Saul. First of all, he becomes angry. He's angry at David. He's angry at Jonathan. He's angry at his soldiers. He's just angry. He's dominated by anger. He should have been angry at Satan, angry at the Philistines. He's angry at the wrong people. Then he's dominated by fear. When people are afraid of you, oftentimes it's because they're insecure, they're angry, there's something going on inside. But you see this fear. It says he becomes fearful of David. He, he's fearful for no reason at all. All because jealousy took root and control in his heart. And then he's suspicious. He loses perspective on the situation. He begins to think in an irrational way. Jealousy will ruin you on the inside. It will be, and it can be, if it's growing in your heart, your downfall. He loses any sense of security. See, our security is in God. And Saul begins to try and make himself secure. He tries here by fighting David, by opposing others. Meanwhile, God's spirit has left Saul. Our security is in a relationship with God and God's presence in our life. And Saul, though he is king, 
What does he have to fear from David? Though he is king, he's frightened of David, he's angry, he's insecure. Because jealousy is eating away at his heart. We've looked at how we can open the door to jealousy. God's presence is our protection. If we look to please people, we'll be governed by people and controlled by the opinion polls. And we'll be governing our lives by what people say or don't say. We really want what God thinks. Saul goes on this downward spiral. You, you see in chapter 18, chapter 19, chapter 20, all the way through the end of the book, he is acting more and more insane. More and more irrational. Causing more and more grief for his family, for the whole nation. All of us have struggled at one time with jealousy. And that's a part of the human experience. But maybe you're not there now. Maybe you were David is. What if you are the victim of someone else's jealousy? I mean, maybe your lawn is greener than your neighbor's. Maybe God's blessed you in some very special ways. And maybe your marriage or your family or your finances. And and just you become the object of someone else's jealousy. The victim of jealousy. Again, the text in 1829, Saul was even more afraid of David. So Saul was David's enemy continually. David had been taken out of the sheepfold from obscurity and given a place of notoriety. Uh, He had been unknown and now he was the most popular man in Israel because of the tremendous military exploits. How did he deal with Saul's jealousy? I read a humorous story the other day about Mrs. Iceberg. Mrs. Iceberg's heard that um, a former admirer had proposed to Mrs. Lovewell. And so they happened to run across each other in the uh, bargain basement rush. So she could not resist giving a dig. She gushed, I hear you've just accepted Jack's proposal. I suppose he never told you that he had proposed to me first. Uh, The fiancé responded, no, but he did once tell me that there were a lot of things in his life of which he was ashamed. (laughs) But I didn't ask him what he was referring to. (laughs) Well, sometimes we're just the object of someone's jealousy. How do you deal with it? What do you do? Well, David is a great example. He walks, first of all, in humility. He walks in humility. Listen to David's words to Saul. But David said to Saul, Who am I and what is my family or my father's clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? He recognized that Saul was this political leader. And, and, and David, he didn't have an inflated view of himself. I mean, even though he was raised to such notoriety and they were singing about him, talking about him, and his popularity spread through the land, it didn't go to his head. He had his feet solidly planted on the ground. He recognized it was the grace of God that lifted him up. 
And so David knew how to walk humbly. When you walk humbly, you walk very low. And when you walk very low, many times those arrows just pass right over you. You let things that are being said that meant to stab you in the heart just go right by. Go right by. I'm going to walk humbly with the Lord, David said. So you got to remember, David was being slandered. David was being, just all sorts of things were being said about David that simply weren't true. I think of the Apostle Paul, who achieved so very much. Now, he had a lot to be proud of. He wrote so much of our New Testament. He had experiences with God that he couldn't even share. They were so awesome and so great. And Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. At the end days of David's life, after he had become king, after there was one success after another, after God said, I'm going to build you a dynasty that will last forever. Listen to David's response. Listen to what he says. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. He said, who am I, O sovereign Lord? What is my family that you have brought me this far? The more God uses you, the more you should be humbled by his use. The more God lifts you up, the more you should bow low, very low, my brother and sister. Because God protects the humble. In Psalm 147, the Lord sustains the humble. In Psalm 25, 9, it says this, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. In Psalm 18, 27, you save the humble. David was going to put his cause in God's hand. Now, he not only walked humbly, but he walked wisely. He walked wisely. You have to read the New King James or the King James or the New American Standard to get that understanding of David's walk. It reads in chapter 18, verses 14 to 15, David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved wisely, he was afraid of him. Now, just think with me for a moment. Here's David. David went from the most popular person in Israel to the most wanted man in Israel. He went to being the subject of songs to having his picture in the post office, Most Wanted. And he was running from cave to cave, from place to place. As Saul would pursue him and Saul's armies would pursue him, he would say, I'm a step ahead of death. That's how his life was lived. And they assassinated his character. But listen, jealousy provides the mud that failure throws at success. I'll say that again. Jealousy provides the mud that failure throws at success. Next time somebody's throwing some mud at you, no, maybe because you're doing the right thing, you're, you're following God, you're succeeding. Maybe it's at work and your supervisor is taking credit for what you're doing. Maybe you're experiencing someone trying to keep you down at after you achieve certain things at work or 
oftentimes, people are jealous of people that they know and grew up with who succeeded. I mean, you go to the high school reunion, and you look at your classmate, and it looks like they haven't aged, but you... Or you see them, how they succeeded in life, and you wonder, well, well, at those moments, just remember, when you are the subject, the object of jealousy, walk wisely. And here's some of the things that you can do. Be mindful of other people's temptations. Their Achilles heel. Their weakness at that moment. Perhaps... They're struggling in their family life and things have come together in your family. Uh, Don't go and tell them how everything is so great in your life. Perhaps they're at the bottom of the barrel in their finances and God just filled yours with an abundance. Uh, Perhaps your health is very good and they're just physically struggling and, and, and you just tell them how the Lord has given you divine health. Be conscious, be cognizant of other people's Achilles heel, where they are on the journey. Sometimes we throw coal and wood on the fire, and we don't even know we've done it. Notice that when you handle people, recognize that all of us are frail, all of us are sinners. All of us have our our weak moments. And be conscious and cognizant of that. I think you need to know how to handle your reaction, your emotional reaction. Handling our temptations with other people. Walk wisely, walk carefully, recognize their vulnerability. But handle your reaction. As I said earlier, Saul was continually, continually David's enemy. But David would never allow himself to be Saul's enemy. David was loyal to Saul to the day Saul died. I mean, read 2 Samuel. You hear his lament. He talks about Saul's greatness. I mean, he wouldn't even trash him then. David was very careful. To learn to praise others. Learn to praise other people's successes and victories and triumphs and abilities. If you learn to sing their songs, if, if, imagine if Saul would have joined in that song. Yes, yeah, Saul has slain his thousands and David is tens of thousands. Praise the Lord for David. I'm going to mentor him. I mean, think of how Saul's personal life would have been better for that. I mean... David was going to be the next king, and Saul could have had him as his son-in-law, right? Saul could have mentored and helped David navigate through all the things. Listen, I'll help you to learn how to be a king, how to fulfill your destiny. But Saul failed on both ends. He wasn't able to let Samuel mentor him, nor was he able to mentor anyone else. Saul's son, Jonathan, could have been in the king's court and could have lived in David's household because they were best friends. But his own son dies, Jonathan, 
on the battlefield. And Saul will die at the hands of his own sword. How foolish. What a waste. If you learn to praise others, it will keep you from plotting against others. I'll say that again. When you learn to sing the praises of others, it'll keep you from plotting to undermine others. So the song in the office says, look what someone did. The song in the church, look what someone did. You know, sometimes jealousy can destroy a church. Sometimes it can destroy a home, an office. David refused to let jealousy, that acid, get into his heart, get into his soul. Rejoice over other people's successes. In conclusion, I want you to think about just some of the things that will help if you are tempted right now to be jealous of someone. It can be a mate. It can be a sibling. Ask God to bless them. Ask God for his presence in your life. Because the presence of God is a determined. Well, I was talking to a brother the other day, and we were talking about sin. And he said, you know, it seems like my upbringing, I have this, he put it this way, this angel on my shoulder, you know, telling me, don't do this, don't do that. He said, I can't do things without bothering me. Well, you know, when we're close to God and the presence of God is saturating our lives and we're into the word, when we veer off to the right or to the left, you feel it. When you feel that twinge of conviction and you know, okay, my thoughts are wrong, my self-talk is wrong, my attitude is wrong, go to God immediately. Pray Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. If there's any wicked way in me, Lord, cleanse me. Turn to others for help. Other mature Christians. They've been through it. They know how to handle it. And say, pray with me. I got the wrong attitude here. I got the wrong attitude. And don't be afraid to confess your sins to another mature Christian. Some of you... It's real hard this week because you go out into a work environment, you go out into a home environment, you see some family and member and, and, and they just, maybe you're the object of their jealousy or maybe somehow your parents favored your brother or sister above you and there's been favoritism in your home and it's hard not to be jealous over that person that was sort of the favored child or the, the prodigy. I want to read this poem to you. Listen very carefully to the words as we conclude. Courage, brother, do not stumble. Though thy path is dark as night, there's a star to guide the humble. Trust in God and do the right. Let the road be long and dreary and it's ending out of sight. Foot it bravely, never weary. Trust in God and do the right. Perish policy and cunning. Perish all that fears. Whether losing, whether winning, trust in God and do the right. Someone will hate thee. Someone will love thee. Someone will flatter. Someone will slight. Cease from man and look above thee. Trust in God and do the right. 
We hope you've been blessed by Dr. Edward Jones' study on the life of David and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join with you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source of spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. By getting plugged in with a local church, you'll also be able to bless others around you by sharing your unique gifts. If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, we welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com and click on Back to the Home page. That's all the time we have for today. But join us next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed shares more from the captivating life of David. Your word restores.